Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Bell Tower Half Hour. I'm your host, Nick Cruzy, and today I am with rapper and songwriter, Daraj Masson. What's up, Daraj? What's up, man? How you doing today? Man, I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. I don't think the uh, the viewers will know this, but we just recorded you rapping over Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Very talented. Um, and I am beyond excited to talk to you about that song, other songs, and really everything. So let's get started. Really basic question here. Why did you start making music? Um, I've been around music my whole entire life, like ever since I can remember. Um, in different environments, like all different types of environments. Um, it really started for me in church, hmm. um, surprisingly, you know, me being a rapper or whatever. But um, my great-grandmother, um, she was a singer, and she was always working with the choir. Sometimes she would just sing herself, and she wasn't even a part of the choir. She'd have her own little show in the church. Um, but she was always just they're singing and it always influenced me to be like oh like that sounds beautiful like i've just always loved the sound of music um as i got older i started hearing songs my mom listened to like when she was cleaning and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um so i've always been intrigued i didn't really want to start writing music until i got like my freshman year of college when i just started writing things down and it turned into poetry and then it turned into poetry over a beat and now we're here yeah did you sing in the church choir at all um no i did not (laughs) i'm pretty sure i've i've been influenced by multiple people by at multiple times but definitely never thought about doing that no got you man i used to work at a church in west philly and the choirs were always definitely the most inspiring part yeah oh my gosh and this one was so cool there's like a men's choir you know all that and just hearing you know that the voice is just beautiful Mm -hmm. um so i definitely get that what kind of music did your mom listen to um we definitely lived in the r&b household yeah 24 7 all day every day r&b you know sunday cleaning sometimes we throw in some gospel music in there Mm -hmm. but it was definitely always a lot of singing yeah. How do you think that specifically inspired you to make music? Um, I'm really like a huge person on melodies. I really love melodies. Um, just hearing people come up with catchy things and saying phrases in catchy ways is like really interesting to me. And being able to use your voice to create a message and a feeling at the same time is really like really amazing so i kind of wanted to just like take that and run with it as far as i could yeah no that's beautiful and so you didn't start writing until your freshman year so were you just like jotting down stuff in the notes app yeah pretty much um one day one of my friends at temple was like dude you should rap and i'm like what should i because like i just i was messing around and I rapped out something I was just messing around writing with, and he was like, dude, I think you should actually like do something with that. And ever since then, I was like, maybe I should kind of take it serious. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to that person. Yeah, shout out to that man. He knows who he is. So when you were writing, like, poetry first, so you were just writing down at the Note app. Mm-hmm. You weren't thinking about putting it to music. 
No, I quite honestly, I was just using it to cope mentally, like yeah. with life at the time. You know, I was a freshman uh, student athlete. You know, I'm just now adjusting to the environment, so it definitely helped by just writing stuff down. Yeah, it's a lot busy schedule. Mm-hmm. Did at that point like was being a student athlete? Did you feel like it was conflicting with your life at all, um, your mental health, or? Um. I feel like every student athlete um, handles sports and school differently mentally. Yeah, um, it's a lot. Definitely for me, it it got to be a lot sometimes. But music was definitely my coping mechanism, and writing helped even more. So, you know, I say that it wasn't really conflicting. It was more so like it helped me keep my head, yeah. my head on my shoulders. Yeah. Do you ever like look back at the things that you first wrote? Oh yeah, sometimes I look at them and I cringe like Ugh. yeah. But um I've definitely came a long way as a writer, you know, once I've found my niche at least. Um I've definitely come a long way, so yeah. Were you listening to rap during that period? Um yes, I was listening to a lot of rap music during that time. Um one artist that comes to mind is Black um, another artist that comes to mind is Fora. Those two people I probably listen to every day. Like if we looked at my Apple Music replay from that year, like those were probably like my top two artists that year. Yeah. Shout out to them. Shout out, Shout out to, to them. them. Do they still inspire you? Um, yes. They sure do. Um, their music is just so real. Um, and they show a vulnerable side of themselves with which a lot of men tend not to do when they make music. Um yeah. So I, I really respect them for that, and they helped me, you know, be vulnerable as well. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're making the transition from writing poetry to writing music, uh, obviously as a rapper, you need an instrumental behind you. You know, were you working with producers? Were you finding beats online? Man, I, I was all over YouTube, just like trying to find what I liked, what kind of beats I liked, but... I would always find something on YouTube and be like, ooh, I should write something to this. Um, you know, most times I wouldn't be able to actually do anything with it, but um, that's definitely how it started, taking my poetry into and turning it into, you know, rap or music. Um, I think it, there was actually one song or one poem that I wrote, and it worked so well with the YouTube beat I found, and that was the moment I realized, okay, maybe I could actually make a catchy song with a meaning and, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. The YouTube beat game is crazy. It's Lots crazy. of people, you know, start there and like make really amazing things. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to like watch the progression of like, okay, like I found this beat online, I rapped mm-hmm. over it. You know, there's not a lot of flexibility there. Yeah. Um, and now you're working with producers. So, I mean, that's got to be completely different. It's, it's a complete different experience. Um, it's a lot less stressful for one, um, just cause, you know, you can communicate with that one producer and, you know, you can get your rights with them and they get their royalties, you get your royalties and there's no issues. Sometimes with YouTube, you know, you can try and get in contact with the person who made it, but they might not ever respond to you. And now 
10 years down the line there's a lawsuit and that's just really stressful oh, um also there's a different side where you know you can sit down with a producer and be like this is what i like this is what i want could you change this could you change that i like this you know you could do this a little differently and yeah do you remember your first time like stepping into a recording studio yeah i can um the first studio I ever stepped into, and shout out to them, um, Double M Studios, which is in Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, my first studio session with them was like seven hours. And it was like my first real session. Um, we knocked out my whole EP all in one day. Um, that was probably like the craziest studio session I've ever been a part of. It was also really fun too. And I got a lot of feedback. Um, I learned a lot of stuff that day too. So. Definitely a, one of one of my great moments. Yeah. So you're you're from Maryland, right? Mm -hmm. What brought you to Temple? Um, football. Yeah. Um, and the environment too. You know, like Philly's like a really good place to be, especially when it comes to marketing, music, sports, whatever. It's a it's a big cesspool of a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. Um, and everyone combines so well here. I think it's a really diverse area. Um. But definitely football and music were definitely two things that brought me here for sure. Yeah. It's a cool area. I think it's a great place to start. You know, like, well, you're a bus ride from New York if mm -hmm. you need to do stuff in New York. You know, it's easy to fly to L.A. Like, a lot of amazing, amazing musicians started here. I think That's true. the one I always think of is uh, Lil Uzi Vert. Mm -hmm. I've seen him driving around here all the time. I actually almost... I almost cut him off once on the Google. <laughs> uh, but I think about that and just like, you know, people like him who are just, and he grew up around here and, and, and now he's global, mm -hmm. you know, and that's crazy. So you definitely, definitely pick the right place to be. Yeah, for sure. No, it's cool that you can combine both passions here mm -hmm. and pursue them both. Um, and now you're wrapping up school. So what's your plan after that? Um... I really just want to find somewhere in the music world that I can fit in, um, whether that be me producing somebody or me continuing to make music and, you know, see where that takes me. Um, I definitely see myself more as a mentor, but, you know, music has been treating me so well that I definitely want my life to carry on with music. Definitely. So it's going to be pursuing music full-time mm, for sure for sure it's scary yeah it is yeah it is. yeah it's intimidating but i mean you've got good stuff so thank you i and appreciate that i like the mindset you know like you want to you want to keep with the artist career but you're open to other things mm -hmm. yeah now that's sick and i think like as an msp major you've obviously learned the technical side of things yeah, i've seen it all here too like, yeah so if you could pick one like being a producer or being an artist which one would you pick? Um, it's a good question. I'm really digging the whole artist thing right now. Um, just simply because I feel like I have so much to say and um, I have a lot to get off my chest. You know, it may not be important to everybody, but like it, it helps me grow as a person. And I think um, if it just could help one person, that would be completely fine with me. Like the purpose of me doing what I do is for one person to hear my music and completely be able to, 
you know, reflect to it and relate to it. Um, yeah, that's definitely all I could ask for, to be honest. Yeah. Obviously, every song is different, but, you know, what is a takeaway or a message you want that one person to get from your music? Um, be as genuine as you possibly can be, you know, like, in a world full of social media and all a whole bunch of other distractions, you know, you want to be what everyone thinks you are. And, you know, sometimes that can be really hard. Um, I just say be happy with being 100% yourself because can't nobody really take that from you at the end of the day. So, yeah. No, that's wise advice. Reminds me of a, a class I took here, English, English 802. <laughs> I've uh, been in that class. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we had this whole lesson on just like, like experience, experience things in life and like seeing it through, you know, the lens of your phone uh, versus like, you know, actually perceiving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and expectation. Yes. You expectations know? are a killer. Like social media definitely creates a huge expectation. Mm-hmm. Seeing things, you know. HD photos with fancy filters and stuff like that, right. you know, whether it's a picture of you know, a person or like a thing, uh, definitely, uh, definitely creates an expectation. So I like that, like staying genuine. Mm-hmm. Are you genuine? I'm 100% genuine. I'd, I'd say I'm 200% genuine. Um, I definitely try to just be myself 100% of the time. I'm goofy. I'm crazy. Yeah. I think a lot of people see that, like, even in the first couple seconds of me meeting them, but that's me, so. 100%. Do you think that you've always been genuine, or have you had, like, a growth? Mm, definitely been a growth. Even the last few years have been a struggle for me to, like, come out of my shell, you know, and show people that I am who I am. Um, I struggled a lot with, you know, those expectations that we talked about. You know, I wanted to live up to everyone else's expectations and I wasn't really worried about my own expectations for myself. Um, so I kind of distracted myself with that. But, you know, with the help of music and, you know, some mental growth, I, I learned that, you know, it's okay to just be yourself and be okay with being yourself. Yeah. Is there anybody in particular that helped you with that journey or was it all from within? Definitely my mother. Yeah. Um, Cause me and her are completely like same zodiac sign, all that. Um, I gotta ask, what's your sign? Aquarius. I don't know what that means, but that's important. We've yeah. asked everybody on this show what their sign is. <laughs> I'm a Leo, triple re- tri- triple Leo. Apparently, that's a red flag. Do you know your uh, your? I no, <laughs> I have three. not gone that deep into it. Um, <laughs> but I do know that I'm an Aquarius. I do know that much. Um, but yeah, my mom's definitely somebody who got me through that process, you know, because um, we think so similar. So she knows what it's like to, you know, want to live up to those expectations. But, you know, it's it's kind of hard. Yeah. And you got a lot, man. I mean, like being a student, being a student athlete, being a musician, mm-hmm. being a person. Yeah. I can't imagine. So oh, glad to see that you're growing. Glad to hear that. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. Definitely a rewarding thing. Have you ever had a moment where you realized the growth? And you're like, um, probably. I think I had like a a moment like that probably not too long ago, like a week nice. or two ago. Um, I was just sitting and like I think I was having a conversation with with an old friend of mine, and they were like, "You are not as immature as you used to be," you know. 
and I was, I was like, okay, maybe I am growing, you know, like, they, they told me I used to be so worried about other people's opinions and stuff like that, and they're like, you really don't care anymore, um, and I, I think that's something that I really, like, tried to really take pride in, like, the last few years, just because I've cared so much about what other people thought about me. Um, so it's, it was definitely reassuring to hear that somebody, you know, seen the growth. Yeah, it's always the best feeling. When you realize, like, you know the journey you've been on, and then other people are starting to realize it. Yeah. Um, that's sick. What are your favorite songs that you have written, and why? Mm, definitely one of the songs we did earlier, Garden of Eden. Yeah. Um, that was my favorite song just because during that time, I was really I was really struggling and um one day I was just reading um I normally don't read the Bible but I just picked up the Bible and I read and I read the verse talking about the garden of Eden and it kind of just it stuck with me like and it correlated so much to you know now you know being that the garden of Eden isn't really a physical thing anymore but it's it's more like, you know, social media and all those other things. And people have been so worried about, you know, that apple on the tree that they're not really worried about anything else. And it's kind of becoming like a toxic environment where everyone wants to be better than everyone else, but no one wants to help anyone else out. Um, so I kind of just took that and I put it all into one song. Um, Everything I felt in that particular moment went right onto that track. Um, definitely one of my more emotional songs. Another one of my favorites is Aura, which is my most recent single, which you guys should go listen to. It's also my most streamed song right now. Um, that's my favorite song just because it was the most fun song to write. Mm -hmm. I had the most fun song in the studio. What was the process like? Um, what made it fun? Me and my best friend wrote this song together. Nice. so. We literally just sat down in his car and just played yeah. the beat over and over yeah. and over and over again. And we came up with a crazy hook. And once I got the hook, like everything else just flowed right in. And I think that was it was the most fun song to write just because I was writing it with someone who I who I really like being around. Um, you know, who I was one hundred percent myself with. And I think you can tell, like, when I was, you know, singing the song, like, I was just completely being myself. Um, definitely one of my favorites. That's the best, man. When you're with your friend writing music, do you have a moment where you, like, you finish the hook and you two look at each other and you're like, yo, wait, this is fire. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've actually written multiple songs with this guy, too. Um, you should go listen to him. Sid G, he's, he's amazing. Um, but we've definitely written a lot of songs together. Um, and every time we write a hook, we look at each other and we're like, dude, can this get any better? And then we make <laughs> another one and then we're like, oh, like this one's even better. But it's definitely, it's definitely a good feeling just getting that one part of the song that you've been working so hard on. It's a, it's a great feeling. Yeah. I know in this industry, you know, there's a lot of people who work with a lot of different producers and different songwriters on every track and I think there's a, a small minority of people who find that one 
sort of co-writer, co-producer, and they stick with them for mm-hmm. you know decades. Do you think that's going to be your relationship with him? Yeah, definitely something close to it. You know, we've always talked about um, just having our own like world of music. You know, like kind of just being those two collaborators. Like when you see our our names on a song, you're gonna listen to it no matter yeah. what kind of song it is. Um, you know, kind of like any of these famous duos today, like right now, Silk Sonic, yeah, Bruno Mars, and Anderson Pac, amazing duo mm-hmm. right there. Like whenever they drop a song, I'm gonna listen to it. That's kind of the relationship that we have. You know, that's the that's the kind of impact we hope to have as well. So. Yeah, no, that's sick. Do you have? I mean, we, you have an upcoming EP that you're building with it's, Bell Tower. It, yeah, it's actually an album. Yeah. Oh, an album, mm-hmm. full album. Um, obviously, you're working on that. Do you have any gigs or other upcoming projects? Um, yeah, so we're working on a single right now with a Philly artist. Um, I'm not going to disclose yet because, you know, it's going to be a surprise for everybody. But, yeah, I'm definitely really excited for this song. Um, we put a lot of work into it. Um, there's actually... I will disclose there is actually gonna probably be a live band for this song, so it's gonna be super fun to perform. Um, I'm definitely just ready for the next couple months because there's definitely gonna be a lot of good music coming out. Yeah, I heard that demo. I won't talk too much about it, but moving from you know like working with produced beats to like having a band, were you there when they were recording instruments? Um, no, I wasn't. I was I was there when they were getting like the rough. Yeah, end, but like, I wasn't there for the the final product. So when I came in to actually do the demo, I was surprised the whole time. Like, I think Dan probably seen my face while recording. I was just like, oh, like this is amazing. Like, it was. Dude, we were listening to it in class. Actually, Professor Klotz, and he's like asking Dan about like, like the drum recording and stuff like that. I think, I think they recorded it with. Not your typical drum setup, and it just it sounded so good. It sounds unique. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think everyone should will definitely like this song for sure. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that's something that you want to continue with using more live instrumentation in your music? Definitely. Um, it just it adds so much more soul to the music, and I think that's something that we've been missing so much of these days. Um, so I definitely would like to keep on that path you know yeah when you see yourself playing live shows like i know some rappers will just have a dj behind them do you want to have a live band a dj it would definitely be dope yeah i mean like of course i can have a dj but if you have a couple songs that you can perform with the live band do it yeah it creates such a different vibe to your song like your song will come out in a different way than you thought it would you know so definitely i will definitely continue to experiment with it experiment with it and i hope that other artists do too because when you start playing those shows you gotta text me i'll be there i'd love to see that stuff uh what is your strategy for the future graduating in december you know you want to keep pursuing artistry music how okay so you know since i've been working with bell tower you know i really want to take this opportunity and stretch it as far as as it can possibly go you know whatever happens here will definitely be the the base for what happens in my future you know um 
because I definitely didn't think that I'd be where I am today, you know, less than a year ago when I dropped my first EP on February 1st. Um, so, you know, I definitely really didn't have a plan at first, but now seeing how the music industry really works, I really want to understand it better. Yeah. And once I get a better understanding of it, hopefully I can, you know, work with other companies and other artists and just continue learning. And eventually I want to be able to, you know, run my own company, run my own, you know, record label or anything like that. You know, that would be really dope for me. But it's definitely going to start with um, understanding and learning the industry better as an artist and as a businessman. It's hard. You can watch so many. Man, have you ever watched like music business YouTube videos? Yes. You can watch yes. so many of those, but like it doesn't add up to the real thing. Yeah. And I think experience teaches you more than anything, especially in, in this industry. Like you can you can sit in the class or somebody can tell you something. But like experience is is probably like the one thing that'll that'll help you the most in this industry and even like learning from other people like hearing stories from people like jack yeah like so inspiring so like so educational you know you can learn so much from someone who's been in the industry for way longer than you yeah and it's so cool that you're getting to release this project like with a record label mm -hmm. with Jack Klotz, you know, and, and a team behind you with all sorts of different experiences. It's just so awesome for you. Yeah. You know, I'm sure you've learned a lot through that yeah. process. And then also, like I said earlier, just like being an MSP major, you know, the staff here, I'm a music major, so I didn't, I didn't get the, uh, the cool, all these Sigma sound guys who worked with each other. Um, but I, you know, I listened to Jack in class and, and, you know, all just the crazy stories he says about, you know, his career and then the other professor's mm -hmm. uh, experience. You know, that being said, was there one class uh, during your time here in, I guess, not just the MSP department, but all of Temple that really just influenced you? Um, There were two classes for sure. I, I took a class with Jack Klotz, um, the business of uh, music. That was quite honestly, a really good class. I actually learned a lot more from his stories than <laughs> than the actual yeah. curriculum, but it was a it was such a fun class to be in. I learned so much, and I seen the music world from a different perspective, you know? Um, it also actually got me really interested in the music business side of things rather than, you know, being an artist. So, yeah, um, another class which is gonna probably surprise you a little bit, but um, I took a voiceover class, mm. um, which was NMSP, and it was really dope. It was only four people in it. It was a summer class. Yeah. And um, we just learned how to do, like, voiceover, like, different commercials and, like, voice acting, like, voice techniques. It was really fun. Oh, I, I learned how to do, like, little weird voices for characters on... TV shows and that kind of stuff. So it definitely taught me how to use my voice in different ways, how to yeah. project in different ways. Um, it's also influenced my music in a in a big way. So that's definitely a class I can pay homage to for sure. Why didn't I know that was a class? <laughs> that sounds <laughs> sick. I, I yeah, mean, was... I gotta ask you just because it's funny. Um, can you do a voice for us? 
a commercial break maybe <laughs> all right um, let's see i'm putting you on the spot yeah, he's putting me on the spot you can Hold say on. no you can no, say see, no you know i i learned how to do like a good you know like late night radio show oh like, yeah yeah like yeah the, good morning ladies or let's see <clears throat> good afternoon ladies and gentlemen this is the midnight storm and you're listening to Daraj Masan. This next song is Garden of Eden. <laughs> These people can't see my face. So I work at a radio station. I work at a jazz radio station. I listen to the late night host. You could land a job there. That is perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Listen, if somebody's listening, add this to my resume. You know, I'm ready. If you need somebody to come host your radio show, I got you. And you do everything. You do sports. You do music. I'm about to hear you on commercials. You're about to host a radio show. You're going to start a record label. What else? What are we missing here? Um, I might even... I want to be a football coach someday, too. But that's, like, yeah? far down the line. That's, like, after I retire. I definitely do. Um, I told you, like, I'm really big on mentoring, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of the young people in my life, like my nieces, my nephews, I have... A lot of nieces and nephews. I'm the youngest sibling, so me too. Those are like my little brothers and sisters. Um, just watching them grow up and being able to teach them lessons about life has, has shown me so much. You know, like it's helped me grow. You know, what I'm saying it's helped me learn from stuff that I messed up and with in the past. Um, so definitely, I want to be a little league coach. I want to start my own little league team. You know, and just help them grow as young men. Um, yeah, that's definitely something I I dream about. That's so important. Did you have a coach while you were growing up that was super impactful? Yeah, I had like four coaches that were super impactful. Um, shout out to all of them. They all know who they are. Um, they definitely helped me grow so much as a human being. I still talk to them to this day. One of them actually just came to my game the other day. Oh. Um, which was amazing. I haven't seen him in years, so that was really fun. Um, yeah, definitely having a go a good coach will will change your life for good. You know, that's like a bond in a relationship that you can't like make up anywhere else. So, you know, I definitely pay homage to them all all the time for you know the man I've become. I think that's so important. I I do want to bring it back. You know, we were talking about your message being genuine, and earlier you were talking about. You know, artists you were inspired by, and 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 these artists who are genuine as a man, uh, vulnerable as a man, and I think that's so important, and and honestly, just a really amazing trait of like what you're talking about right now. You know, being a mentor, and you want to like help young men become genuine and, mm-hmm. and be vulnerable. I think that's so important. Was there a moment where you know a standout moment where a coach or a mentor? helped you become vulnerable or genuine um for sure yeah there were plenty of times where i've been open to different perspectives because of you know something a coach said to me you know i wasn't always a team player or you know i used to be really selfish and i hate that about myself but i I used to be really selfish and you know sometimes that's that's good you know you can be selfish when you need to be but i was like a little too selfish you know one day my coach sat me down and was like um you can't really do anything by yourself in this world you know like you need people mm. and that kind of I it didn't really 
you know, re- resonate with me at first. You know, I was just like, this guy, he's just talking, you know. And But one day I sat down and I, I just thought about what he said. And I was like, that's, it's really true. You know, you can't do anything without, without anyone else. You know, you always need somebody there for you. Um, so, you know, that just, that opened me up. And ever since then, I've, I've thought differently about, you know, my life and, you know, how that affects other people and how other people, other people may affect me. So, yeah. That's so important, man. We're wrapping up here. I have, this is such a loaded question. Where do you see yourself in five years? (laughs) Um... In five years, I definitely see myself in an environment filled with people who love their jobs. Um, Mm. I really want to be around a group of people who are just like well-rounded all around like the media world. I want to create a, like I was telling you earlier, like a, a company of people who do different things like voice actors and producers and engineers and just the whole the whole nine i want people to come together and create different projects together you know what i'm saying i want the beauty from all aspects and all sides of media to to come together i feel like sometimes they they collide sometimes and it sucks because like the media world is so vast and I I definitely want to create an environment where people can come in and just be comfortable, you know, with with the skin that they're in and love their job, you know, come in and just have fun. Um, I remember in Jack's class, we talked, there was, I think we watched one video and they just talked about how interesting it was just to go into workout one day and just, they would all have fun and they were all like, in a, with a group of people who just love doing what they do. So I see myself in five years being in an, an environment that I completely love being in, you know, not like a job, like at least it'll be a job, but it won't feel like one. Yeah. What is an obscure dream that you have? An obscure dream? Um, I definitely really, really, really want to record one song with Snow Allegra. <laughs> That's well, like my true dream. Yeah? Like, yes. <laughs> it may it may be a little far-fetched, but if you're listening to Snow Allegra, I will make one song with you at least. Yeah, we'll get him in the stew. We'll get him in the stew. Well, that's all I have for you, man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you want to plug your socials? I'm looking at them, and I know I'm going to mess them up. All right, yeah, cool. <laughs> Um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at underscore Daraj Masan. Um, I'm on TikTok as well, Daraj Masan. And that's pretty much all I use. I use Twitter as well, but I don't think I'm going to give you guys that one yet. You guys got to work for that. Yeah, not going to plug the Facebook either. Facebook's dead. Um, <laughs> I'm your host, Nick Cruzy. This has been the Bell Tower Half Hour. Thank you. Thank you.